So I understand that. Well, as I told you last time we were together, C.S. Lewis is almost always right. And uh, you may recall, as I shared with you last time, uh, Lewis says men need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. And so I reminded you, really, I think, what the Christmas story should mean to us. Obviously, God was, was born in, in, in Bethlehem. God became a man. This is astonishing. Uh, but the ultimate truth there for us also is not only the theological reality, but how this should flesh out in our lives. And if it doesn't flesh out in our lives, then we've not really understood the Christmas story at all. We've not really believed it. And so I challenged you last time we were together to, to really believe it and to live it, which is, I, I believe, what God would have us to do. So I want to begin tonight with a little theology, a few quotes, and then I'll get into the Bible. Because I have a challenge for you tonight. It's, it's a, I guess we'll call it an exhortation. But first, a little theology. One of my favorite 20th century theologians, A.W. Pink, writes this. In the beginning there was nothing and no one but God. And that not for a day, a year, or an age, but from everlasting. During a past eternity, the triune God was alone. Self-contained, self-sufficient, self-satisfied, in need of nothing. Pink goes on to say, God didn't need to create a universe or angels or men. God does not need you. (laughs) He's never needed you. I had a good friend in seminary that just could not deal with eternity past. I mean, he could not deal with it. And I understand it it eclipses our finite ability to understand, but God existed in an eternity past. He didn't need to create. He was supremely happy in the Trinity. He didn't need to create. This is an important lesson. If you don't know this, it's important. It's important for anyone who seeks to have a biblical world view. So why does God create? Why does God create? Ultimately, the answer, the biblical answer is for His glory. But, but creation is like, it's like a fountain, as, as Jonathan Edwards talks about, it's like a fountain that bursts forth. God doesn't create from need. God creates from fullness, okay? So God creates from fullness. And I, I'm going to read to you... Uh, one of my favorite quotes by any man not writing Scripture, okay? And of course, you know who it's probably from. from. Who, who wants to guess who it's from? John Piper. Yes, of course. It's from John Piper. I still remember reading this uh, quote for the first time. Two years later, I was in seminary. Many people believe there's a connection. Um, I won't go that far, but I've never forgotten this quote. I want you to hear me. I usually share it with you once or twice or three times a year. In creation, God went public. I love this. We were just talking. I was talking with Ben and Rohan about the glory of God in creation. I mean, I wrote a book about it, you know? God went public. I love that. With the glory that reverberates joyfully between the Father and the Son, there's something about the fullness of God's joy that inclines it to overflow. There's an expansive quality to His joy. It wants to share itself. All His creative 
works are simply the overflow of His infinite exuberance for His own excellence. God creates. It's almost as if He can't. It's almost as if He cannot not create. He is so full of glory and beauty and joy and life and love. And God creates to put Himself on display for His creatures. And there's something deeper that God is doing for the born-again believer. God is not simply putting Himself on display for the born-again believer. God is communicating His glory to the born-again believer. Again, (laughs) another breathtaking truth if you'll stop and think about it for 120 seconds, right? (laughs) Okay? He's not just showing you His glory. Hey, to the, un, you know, to the, to the born-again believer, He's communicating it to you through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. It's what He's doing. It's what God is doing. I've told you many, many, many times that you know, you've been designed and wired and built to have an appetite for God. If you don't have an appetite for God, you are in rebellion against God. You were created to have an appetite for God. We know what uh, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes. I bring it up a lot. God put eternity in your heart. You must have eternity. Ergo, you must have God. You must have God. You were designed and built and wired to have Him I was listening to a great sermon by John Piper this last week. Um, The ultimate essence of evil. What is the ultimate essence of evil? Is it the act? Is it the sinful act? Was it Adam and Eve? Was it the, the, the very act of eating? Was that the essence of evil? No, the essence of evil was I prefer something to God. That's evil. That's the essence of evil. If you prefer anything in your life over and above God, that is the definition of evil. Whether you ever act or not. <laughs> okay? This is how a moral person can be utterly corrupt. Okay? Because they don't delight in God above all things. <clears throat> you were built for this. You were built for God. You were built to delight in God. Psalm 37.4 Delight yourself in the Lord. This cures, you know, this cures the essence of evil. The bottom line essence of evil is you're not delighting in God and you were created to do it. Yes, there was a fall, but God has offered you a Savior <laughs> to come back into relationship with Him. I love what Piper says. Man, if this is not true in your life, you must hate it. You must hate that you don't desire God above everything else. You've got to learn to hate it. You need to learn to hate it. I hate it in myself. Okay? We're human beings. We're fallen. Even if we're redeemed, we understand there are times in our lives when we get distracted and we let our our heart run after worldly things. We We let the thoughts come into our minds. Beloved, you're in a fight. You're in a fight to treasure and desire and love God above, every, above everything else. We're all in this fight. This will offend some of, some of you proper church members. 
but God created you to lust. You've heard me say this before. Many of you have. The problem is not that you lust. The problem is what you lust for. You were created to lust for God. I'm just going to ask you as we get into the new year, will you dedicate, your, will you dedicate this new year God has given to you? You don't deserve another year. I don't deserve another year. It appears that He's giving us one. Will you dedicate yourself to lust for God? Preeminently. Delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Some of you don't even know what those are. You know how you find out what the true desires of your heart are? You know, how to, you know how to get to the bottom of your heart and find out what's in there? If you're born again, it's to seek God above any and all. That's how you get... That's, you, know, and, you know, just begin to obey God. Hey, this is the new uh, part of the, the new year, right? You, okay, there's some places in your life where you're, you know you're consciously aware you're not obeying God. You know it. Okay, you know it. Okay. <laughs> you want to know God? You want to learn to delight in God? Push through the disobedience and into obedience. Push through it. Just push through it by faith. Just push through it. Okay? Push through it. Listen, if you don't get this right, it doesn't matter what else you do in life. If you don't learn to lust for God and delight in God, it really doesn't matter what else you do. At the end of the day, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. It won't amount to a peanut, as Piper says. You know, If you build the greatest human empire in the world, it won't be a peanut on the day of judgment. If you do not know God and love God and delight in God and adore God and worship God, it's why He made you. He didn't make you for anything less than that. He didn't make you to simply be a good husband and a provider. Hey, that's great if you're a good husband and provider. He didn't make you simply to be, you know, a great career person. Hey, that's, that's great if you have a great career. That's not why He made you. He made you to lust for Him. A holy lust, beloved. A holy lust for God. A holy lust. The psalmist were all over this. You guys, I'll just read a couple to you. The psalmist says, Oh God, You are my God. I shall seek You earnestly. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh yearns for You as the deer pants. So my soul pants for You. My soul thirsts for You. Besides You, I desire nothing on the earth. I stretch out my hands to You. My soul longs for You as a parched land. The psalmist understood this. The psalmist understood this is why God had made them. It's why God has made you. And oh, guess what? I don't care what, the, I don't care what your past life was all about. No doubt you've got some scar tissue from that, as I do. What I want you to do is drive a stake in the ground tonight, right? <laughs> and I want you to go forward with God. And I want you, I want you to resolve... I will lust for God. Whatever that takes, I will learn to lust for God preeminently. Over success, over pleasure, over power, over family. I will seek and pursue God in the new year. 
C.S. Lewis again. Let me quote him again. I share this quote about three times a year. Okay, see if you fit. See if you fit here in Lewis's description of mankind. He says, We are half-hearted creatures. We fool around with drink and sex and worldly ambition. When infinite joy has been offered to us, we're like ignorant children who want to go on making mud pies in a slum because we cannot imagine what is meant by an offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. Okay? That's the challenge uh, that I'm issuing to you for 2019. Don't you dare be too far easily pleased anymore. Don't you settle for simple worldly pleasures. There is an eternal and infinite and divine pleasure that awaits you. His name is Jehovah God. And He's made it possible for you to enter into relationship with Him because of the finished work of Jesus, right? How can you, know, how can you be indifferent toward that? Jesus died that He might... I think it's in, it's in one of the Peter letters, I think. I think, that He might bring us to God. (laughs) Well, do you even want God? Is what I'm asking you. Do you even want God? Do you really want God? Or is this like, well, I know He's probably there. There's got to be an adequate first cause. I'm going to check my religious box, you know, just to make sure. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Or do you want God? Listen, beloved, I'm saying, do you want God? There's a world of difference between, you know, saddling up to, well, I better, in case hell's real, I, you know, there's a world of difference in that and, and in wanting God. The lack of want for God is the essence of evil. And you're going to hear me read a text in just a little bit. If there's no want of God in your heart and in your mind and in your imagination and, and, and in your anticipation... You're evil. There's an evil in you. There's a resident evil. It is the ultimate essence of evil that we don't want Him. And we're not seeking Him as if we want Him. This is the Word of God, and I'll share some texts with you in a few moments. So, Are you far too easily pleased? I pray that that is not true of anyone in this room. Although I know we all struggle at times. So I'm calling you to seek the Lord. That's what this message is about. 2019, here's my resolution. I will seek the Lord like I have never sought the Lord before. I will do it. I commit myself to this. And I'll share with you as we close, some concrete ways to go about that. Let me just give you a little more theology before we do. There's only one thing in the universe that God seeks. Okay, I'm going to call you to seek God, but I want to say first, there's only one thing in the universe that God seeks. Who knows what it is? Men. What did Jesus say? I've come to seek and save that which was lost. There are two other passages. Um, Ezekiel 34, God says, I will search for my sheep and I'll seek them out. John 4.23, Jesus says, the, the Father seeks men who worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
God is only seeking one thing. God doesn't need anything, but God is seeking men who would love Him. Men and women who would love Him. And, you know, be the salt and light of the earth and speak the name of Jesus and make much of Christ in the world and bring many disciples into the kingdom, right? God is seeking men and women who would do that. There's this relentless, incessant call of God to men. Come to Me. It's why I read Isaiah 65.1. Come to Me. Here I am, God says. You know, every man that lands in hell, he has only himself to blame. God says, here I am. Now, if you land in hell, it's not God's fault. It's your fault. <laughs> you know, of course, the world hates the teaching of hell. You know, and the church, the church almost universally ignores it anymore. If you land there, it's your fault, beloved. God has offered you a Savior. He says, here I am. Why then will you die? This is, this is breathtaking stuff. You know, we, we ended last year with breathtaking stuff and we begun this year with breathtaking stuff. So I just want to echo this unrelenting biblical call to seek the Lord. I want you to feel the, the scope of it and the sweep of it and the priority of it in the Word of God. God continually calls you to seek Him. It's what I'm calling you to do in 2019. Seek God. Seek God above everything else. You know, there's this perversion, at least in the in America where I'm from, that, that you know the family's been deified almost. Well, the family is more important than God. Well, if you actually read your Bible with only average comprehension skills, you realize that the family is not above God. You can tell I haven't preached in three weeks. My voice is out of shape. Hey, if somebody get me a glass of water, that would be really cool. Amy's on it. Thanks, Amy. <clears throat> where was I? Jason, you know where I was, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll just go back to my notes. I'll just go back to my notes. I'm preaching. The family's, <clears throat> the family's deified. It sounds good. It's evil. It's evil to deify the family. Love God. He'll teach you how to love your family. If you love God preeminently, He'll teach you how to love your family. You don't know how to love your family until you put God in the right place. So I'm preaching to both the lost and the found. If you're lost tonight, you must seek the Lord in 2019. If you're found tonight, you must seek the Lord in 2019. I'm preaching to both of you. God calls men, all men, everywhere, to seek Him so unbeliever, tonight on the authority of the Word of God, I exhort you to seek the Lord for your salvation. For the believer, tonight on the authority of the Word of God, I exhort you to seek the Lord for your maturation and your sanctification and your intimacy with Him. To seek the Lord. It's the commandment of God to all men everywhere. Flee to Him. Come to Him. So we're going to look at this call of God in the Scriptures. <clears throat> I'm not going to read out all the Scripture references. If you want my notes, come or email me. I'll send you, the, I'll send you my notes. It will have all the, the, 
Thank you, Amy. It'll have all of the... <laughs> She's a tricky one. It'll have all my notes and scripture references. So I'm not going to take the time just for the sake of time to go through all of the, the references that we talk about tonight. So, first I'll say this. Some of you have already, some of you biblically literate folks are already saying, well, wait a minute, Jim, what about Romans 3 and Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 where, where the Bible says no man seeks for God, all right? <laughs> no man seeks for God. And yet God commands us to seek Him. Well, <clears throat> if you know your Bible, you realize that God gives what He commands. He gives what He commands. No man seeks God. No natural man seeks God. Now, men like to talk about seeking God because it makes them look good in their own eyes and maybe in the eyes of some of their peers. They like to talk about seeking God. Some people like to go to church to be seen to, to be going to church. But God says, no, no man seeks me. No natural man seeks me. Of course, what, is, what, is, what does Jesus say in John 6? Lest I draw him... Right? So we see the, the, sovereign, the sovereign work of God in the salvation of His people. Yeah, men like to talk about seeking God, but Romans 1 tells us that natural man is a hater of God. Apart from the kind and sovereign providence and drawing of God, no man would come to Him. So I know men don't like to own this reality, but it's just simply the truth. So, so how do we reconcile this tension between these biblical truths? God says man does not seek Him, then He commands us to seek Him. We'll, we'll, we'll close with that. We'll come back to that. Now the Scriptures I want to share with you from the Bible about seeking the Lord. Very early in the Scriptures, Deuteronomy 4.29, God says you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search for Him with all of your heart and all of your soul. I'm going to stop and ask is that true of you? Do you seek God like this? With all of your heart and all of your soul. Do you seek God like this? Or, or in reality, is He pretty much peripheral to what el whatever else you have going on in your life? Are you seeking Him this way? I've told you a hundred times. <clears throat> and it's a very convicting thing. You get as much of God as you want. You won't stand before God and say, I couldn't find you. You both know that's a lie. <laughs> you get as much of God as you want. That's a powerful thing. If you don't have God, it's on you. It's not on Him. If it's not real and powerful and dynamic, and I'll use the R word, radical, <laughs> it's on you. It's on you. First Chronicles 16, Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face when you get a chance. Oh, no, the text says, seek Him continually. Never stop seeking God. 
Some of you got saved when you were eight, and in all good conscience, you haven't sought the Lord since, right? Well, I'll let me own that for myself. That was true of me, <laughs> okay? okay? That happened in my life. I won't put it on you. That happened in my life. I was just a religious man. I was a joke to God and Satan, right? Just a religious man. Just checking my religious boxes. First Chronicles 22, set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. I want you to feel the weight and scope and sweep of this. That's all I'm trying to do tonight. I want you to understand what God has, what God's plan for you is in 2019. Seek Him like you've never sought Him before. I'm going to say it again. I don't care what else you do in life. It's inconsequential to this. Seeking God. Seeking your Creator. Knowing your Redeemer. Walking in obedience with Him. Opening your hands and giving your life away to Him. Man, that's where real joy is. You know, That's where real life is. That's the invitation of the biblical God. 1 Chronicles 28, if you seek God, this is what David told Solomon. This is what I shared with my sons. Okay, If you seek God, He will let you find Him, but if you forsake God, what? Anybody know? He will reject you forever. What I want to say to you, there are a lot of religious people who are forsaking God because it's not here. It's in outward acts. It's in outward performance. It's an outward profession, but it is not here. I do not, delight God, I do not delight in God above all else. I do not. And I have no intention of doing it. I have no plan of doing it. I'll perform. You know, religion, I tell you all this, religion is just a lot easier. It's just a lot easier to show up for church, you know, when it's not too inconvenient. It's just a lot easier to to do a, uh, an ordinance or two. It's just a lot easier. It's something you can manage. <laughs> hey, you let God have your life? You're, yeah, He's on the throne and you're not. It's scary but fun. <laughs> it's real scary, but it's a lot of fun. Second Chronicles 7, God says, you, famous verse, you guys know this, My people who are called by My name, if they humble themselves and pray and seek My face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. My people must seek Me, He says. This does not happen by osmosis. God means for you to seek Him. He means for you to seek Him. Second Chronicles 12 tells us that King Rehoboam of Judah did evil. Listen, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. He did evil because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Okay? You say, Jim, it's not my intent to do evil this year. If you're not seeking God, you're already caught up in evil. This is the Word of God. If you are not consciously, proactively passionately, with great purpose, exerting energy to seek God, you are already wrapped up in evil right now. Right now. You say, Jim, that's pretty convicting. Yeah, I know. I know. Trust me, I know. I know. 
Praise God for grace and mercy. Amen? Listen, if that's where you are, you come to the God of grace and mercy. You repent of your sin and you resolve. 2019, I give it to Jesus. 2019, He's more important than my career. He's more important than my wife. He's more important than my husband. He's more important than my kids. He's more important than my my reputation. He's more important than my bank account. Beloved, it's what discipleship looks like. We can't be neutral and we can't be passive. If we're neutral and passive, God says we're evil. We're evil. It's not whether you commit adultery or look at pornography or not. It's that you have forsaken God for some lesser thing. Okay? You're finding, in that moment, you're finding more pleasure in some worldly thing than you could ever imagine finding in God. Beloved, that's a flaw in you. You've not seen God properly. You don't know the biblical God. (laughs) He'll blow up your heart. Not only that, He'll blow up your mind. (laughs) Okay? Yes, we're fallen and we, we're full of sin and, and, and wickedness. And yeah, we have to, we're in that fight of sanctification. And it's a new fight every day. You don't just win it and say, hey, I'm done. I won it when I was eight. Wrong. It's a new fight every day. To keep pursuing God, you have to set your mind on, on it and fight for it. If you've met Him, you will. I'm not saying you won't fall. I'm not saying you won't sin. But I'm saying if you've met Him, you will. You'll fight through it. And you'll make Him your priority. 2 Chronicles 15. If you seek the Lord, He will let you find Him. But if you forsake Him... He will forsake you. In their distress, they turned to the Lord and they sought Him and He let them find Him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. It's talking about King Asa and Judah. So unbeliever, nominal Christian, are you in distress? Of course you're in distress. Of course you're in distress. You don't know Him. You don't know why you're here. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're headed. Of course you're in distress. God says, seek me. Seek me. And I will let you find me. And there'll be no more distress. Believer, are you in distress? God says, seek me. Don't you love 2 Chronicles 16? For the, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. He says in Psalm 46, I am a very present help in trouble. And I remember what David says in Psalm 16, I've set the Lord continually before me, therefore I will not be shaken. Are you in distress, believer? Listen, I know sometimes we can get bound up in it, but all we have to do is put it down and look at a sovereign God who will work all things for the glory of His people. Okay? And for His glory. He's working all things. All things. 
all things. Even the day you can't cry anymore, God's in it and God's working. You know, for the unbeliever, I say it to you all the time, it's just wasted pain. For the believer, every tear matters. You know, there's that psalm. Some of you may know it. God says, I keep every tear in a bottle. It's not meaningless to God if you weep in 2019. That is not meaningless to God. If you belong to Him, that's hugely important to God. He's doing something in every tear, <laughs> right? Listen, it's like cheating. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you to, you know, to embrace it. It's like cheating in 2019. My God is God. I can do all things through Him. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to operate out of fear. I don't have to give in to the, the lust of the world. I don't have to, you know, live like the culture. I live above the culture. I walk with God above the culture. Because my God is faithful and able. Ezra. The hand of the Lord is favorably disposed to all who seek Him, but His power and His anger are against those who forsake Him. Man, it's just all over the Bible. If you want Him, you can have Him. If you don't, it's going to land on you. Infinite wrath will land on you. It's the warning of the Bible. Let me just go through some Psalms real quick. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Those who seek God's face shall receive a blessing from the Lord. Those who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. You who seek God, let your heart revive. Seek the Lord His strength. Seek His face continually. How blessed are those who seek Him with all of their heart. Beloved, He's calling you to a lifestyle, right? This is not a one-time thing. I got saved when I was eight. Listen, if that's your mindset, I don't think you know Him. If you were saved when you were eight, you'll be on His heels. <laughs> I'm not saying we don't have dull times and we don't struggle. But I'm saying you'll fight through it. You'll be on His heels. You know, once you see Him, He's just too beautiful. <laughs> He's too compelling to forsake. In the Proverbs, we, we see this great thing going on. Uh, this personification of wisdom in God and, and almost like a reverse personification of God in wisdom. If you've studied the, the text there, you'll, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. To reject wisdom is to re reject God. To reject God is to reject wisdom. So I'm just going to give you a couple of Proverbs here. Wisdom is personified again. Or God calls out to the lost man, how long will you love simplicity, God says. So, hey, I'm calling you out of simplicity in 2019. Some of you are caught up in a bunch of simple, earthly-minded, worldly things. And God says, how long will you love it when I'm offering myself to you? Do you see the insult here, beloved? What, what I'm asking you, I'm asking you to consider the insult here. God has offered himself to you. I'm asking you to consider the insult when you choose to delight in something else more than Him. I'm asking you to consider it. It's a, as Piper says, it's a cosmic outrage. That you love anything more than you love your Creator. 
the, the Proverbs continue. It says, God's call. God says, turn to me. I will have mercy because I called you and you have refused to seek me. Listen, listen what happens to those who refuse to seek God. Why are you preaching this, Jim? Well, it's a brand new year. And I don't want you to waste this year. I want you to employ this year to the highest possible purpose. Right? That you and God, you know, the romance gets deeper. The intimacy gets stronger. The obedience becomes second nature. Listen to what he says though. If you refuse to seek me, your calamity will come. You will seek me, but it will be too late. You hated the truth. You would not accept my counsel. You spurned my warnings. Because of all this is true of you, you will be destroyed. I'm calling you to life. I'm calling you out of destruction and into life. And you say, well, Jim, yeah, most everybody in here is a Christian. Well, that may or may not be true, you know. I heard of a... I heard of a... I was shocked over the holidays. Some dear friends of ours married in the ministry. And I, I, that's all I'll say. But there was a moral failure. And it, it, the whole life has been blown up. My, my, point, is, my point is this. <laughs> it's hard to really know people. <laughs> it's hard to really know. Obviously, God knows. Obviously, God knows. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived in 2019. For whatever you sow, that is what you will reap. You say, Jim, well, the Christmas sermon was kind of a drag. You really challenged us. And I told you, this is, my, this is the best way I can love you. It's not patting you on the head and telling you you got it all going on just right. You know why I know that's not true? Because it's not true in my life. Now, you know, if you got it going on, and you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're killing it, well, please come talk to me. I want to learn from you. You know, I have a lot of things I need to get right. I'm just guessing you do too. It's why I preach to you this way. And this is how I can love you. This is how God loves me. He convicts me. And I hope that you understand what I'm saying. You can't cheat whatever you sow, you'll reap. You can't cheat that. It will happen. If you sow to simplicity, you will reap it. If you sow to God... You will reap life and joy and love and eternal pleasures. Proverbs. But he who listens to me shall live securely and shall be at ease from the dread of evil. Right? (laughs) Proverbs again. He who diligently seeks good, which is God, seeks favor, but he who searches after evil, it will come to him. Him. 
Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. It's coming. The, the harvest is coming. The harvest of your life is coming. It's coming to you. You can't cheat it. You can't escape it. The harvest of your life is coming to you. Beloved, life is too short. Life is too short. It matters. <laughs> Jim, you're excited. Yeah, I haven't preached in three weeks, but this is an important thing. This is an important message. <laughs> it matters how you live. Every day it matters. It matters. It matters to God. And if you're a believer, it matters to you. So this is the pervasive message of the Bible. <laughs> My home preacher, I love the guy. You know? I love the guy. He said, while we were home, he said something like this. Oh, oh, you don't need God? Okay. You think your life's pretty good? Okay. It won't be for long. It won't be for long. If you're sowing evil, evil will come. This is the word of God. Isaiah, woe to those who trust in their own strength and in the ways of the world and do not look to the Holy One of Israel and do not seek God. God says if you're building your life on any foundation other than Him, you are sowing seeds of evil and final judgment, eternal death, and eternal hell are coming to you. you say, Jim, I like happy church better. Well, you know what? I like happy church too. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to get down and talk about it. And if you have a pastor who actually cares for you, he's going to push you to the wall sometimes. And, and, and I figure, you know, the first part of the year, that's a good time to get pushed to the wall. You got a whole brand new year here, man. Now, I don't know if you're going to actually live till tomorrow. I don't know if I'll live till tomorrow. We're, we're not promised, you know, as my home pastor says, who's promised you many days? Who promised you tomorrow? Nobody. You may not get it. Every one of you sitting here, assume I get tomorrow. You take for granted I get tomorrow. You may not get it. So in light of that biblical reality <laughs> and worldly true truth, it's a, it's a worldly reality. You know, what was it? 152,000 people will die today. None of them thought it would. None of them thought they would. Maybe a handful do it. My point is, your life is sweet and precious. Are you going to waste it chasing the world? Or are you going to seek God? This is the message. To seek the Lord. Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will come... Uh, call upon me and, and, and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You get as much of God as you want, beloved. You get as much of God as you want. It's the biblical truth. God is not playing a game of cosmic hide and seek. It's not that you can't find Him, it's that you don't want Him. If you're not seeking Him, that's the ultimate issue. 
That is the ultimate issue. I love Hosea 5.6. God says, They will seek Me, but not find Me, for I have withdrawn from them. You can't... You can't be cavalier with the call of God, you know? What is it... What is... (laughs) What is it repeated three times in Hebrews? Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Today come. Today seek. Today repent. It's like Eugene Peterson says, man, you got to worship or flee. You know, if you see the true God, you'll worship or you'll flee. This is why, this is why many people don't stay in sound churches. They don't want the biblical God. They like the cartoon one better. Right? It's easier to go with a cartoon Jesus. He's not really calling me to forsake anything. This is why sound churches usually tend to be smaller. That's not always the truth. But it often is the truth. Isaiah 55, Seek the Lord where he may be found, when He may be found. Call upon His name while He is near. So lost friend, I'm calling you out of death and into life. Christian, I'm calling you deeper into the abundant God-sized life. Lost friend, you need to turn back. You need to turn your back on the world and you need to enter by the narrow gate. Christian, you need to utterly sell out in your pursuit of Christ. What did Jesus say? Seek ye first the Kingdom of God. It's the message tonight. So how do we do this? Quickly, how do we do this? One, you will seek God and find Him as you repent of all known sin. Pretty plain. You will seek and find God as you repent of all known sin. No more rationalization, no more compromising, no more presuming on grace. If you have that mindset, well, I can sin all the more because grace abounds, you don't know anything about Christ. You don't know anything about the Bible. Someone has fooled you. Satan is laughing at you. You are a joke to him. Number two, you will seek God and find Him in His Word. That's why we do the Word. right? That's why we teach the Word. That's why we preach the Word. Yeah, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. Number three, you will seek God and find Him in your prayer and fasting as you, as you sit with God and talk with God and listen to God. You will seek God and find Him as you worship with God's people. Hebrews 10.25, you do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves. God does miracles under the preached Word. You know, I've told you this before. People say, well, Jim, you know, you'd have more people if you did miracles. Hey, I don't do any miracles, but God does miracles. I could tell you story after story in this church, people's lives who were changed. They came in that door the first time one way, and the last time they went out, it wasn't that way anymore. (laughs) Okay? God does miracles under the preached Word. That's His job. That's not my job. 
Number five, you will seek God and find Him in loving and serving the brethren, using your gift in the church. Number six, you will seek God and find Him in your generous giving to the church and to those outside the church. Number seven, you will seek God and find Him as you share the gospel with the lost. God has given us a pathway. The question is, are you interested? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. So I have one, one loose end. Let me tie it up. Remember we said that the Bible clearly reveals that natural man does not seek God, but God commands man to seek. This is what I discovered as a true believer. I'm sure many of you would understand and would agree. I thought I'd found him. I thought I'd found him. Yeah, it was under, it was under the Word of God. Somebody was reading the Word of God, and, and I believe that was the moment I was converted. I heard it, and I go, and I just thought, wow. That's not, if that's a Christian, I'm not one. And I began to read the Bible. So, I thought I'd found him, but you know what I found from the Bible? He'd come for me. All you got to do is go back to Genesis chapter 3, and this is true all the way through. Adam. Adam, wherefore art thou? Well, well, wherefore art thou? I learned it in the King James. Adam. They didn't go looking for God. They were hiding from God. God, God is the seeker. Okay? God is the ultimate seeker, and He's calling you to seek Him. This is a beautiful biblical truth. There's an ocean of theology there, and I don't have time to get into it. So, um, if you have any questions about that, let me know. The psalmist says, Oh God, You are my God. I shall seek You earnestly. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh yearns for You as the deer pants for the water brook. So my soul pants for You. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Beside You I desire nothing on earth. I stretch out my hands to You. My soul longs for You as a parched land. Beloved, You get as much of God as You want. My challenge to You is to pursue Him in 2019 like You never have before. C.S. Lewis is right. I'm going to close with this. Once a man follows God, how could he not live forever? And once a man refuses to follow God, what can he do but wither and die? It's the challenge of 2019 from a pastor who genuinely loves you. And I want it to be your best year ever. I think I've just outlined how it can be. Seek the Lord preeminently above any and all. We're going to celebrate the table tonight. We have open communion here, as most of you know.